Man, what's a, it's an understatement to say I'm happy to be here. This is fun. Uh, that worship was amazing. Is that right? I mean, gosh, that's the second time I've worshiped in the last four months with more than like three people. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I got to be honest, it's a little embarrassing, but kind of cool to hear uh, these good things being said about me by the people I love. Um, I've been told for a while by my mentors and pastors that you don't tell stories about your family from the pulpit unless you get permission. So I'm just going to ask my wife to stand up. We got a little mess going on down here, but it's all good. Uh, so this is my wife, Beth. Yeah, this is Peyton. So if she comes to your aisle uh, and you're okay with it, just put her on your lap or something. Otherwise, she might pop up here. Um, I just want to. I, I just want to thank my wife uh, for all of her support. I hope I don't start crying. Um, and for answering the call to come here. You know, it was a, it was a tough thing. I'm not gonna actually tell the whole story today. The Lord put something on my heart. Uh, so I kind of like scrapped everything about 24 hours ago, which is not uncommon for him to do. Um, but thank you, babe. I, I really appreciate your support. I am like a total mess without her. That's true. Uh, and so I am just happy to get up here. And I have a a little story that leads into what I, I felt like the Lord wanted to speak uh, to us today. Uh, maybe just like an encouragement. It's not like a word that is new to you. I think it's something just to, to reinvigorate, to reunite us as we come back uh, and, and get started in this kind of church deal again. Um, our kids are Cooper, Dylan, and Peyton. So that's Peyton. Cooper uh, is around here somewhere uh, up there. Okay, good. Thank you, John. Uh, seven, four, and two, so you'll run into them at some point. More, more likely, they'll probably run into you. I would look out for the redheads especially. Um, they are unimaginable blessings, uh, as all of you parents probably understand. The Lord, I think, started to really work on us and our hearts when we became parents to uh, really see a better and a different perspective of how he sees us when we're trying to grasp, grasp with and grapple with this this love that, that, that we have for them. Uh, and so, by the way, I just wanted to say, let's protect our children, right? In this house, in this church at all costs, learn from them. I learn from my kids every day. A lot of times I'm teaching them something and the Lord will, will really convict me right there. He's like, hey, that's for you too, buddy. <laughs> that's for you too. Uh, believe in them and pray over them. Uh, I think as Russ alluded to, like they're on deck next, you know? Uh, and I think it really matters uh, how we raise them. And for me personally, I wanna meet my great, great, great and beyond grandkids that I won't be able to meet here on earth, right? And I think how we parent them is gonna make a big difference in our ability to meet those great, great grandkids in heaven. So amen to that if, you, if you're up for it. So I just wanna honor a few more people before I jump into this. Uh, Russ, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> It really means a lot. Uh, Russ is a spiritual father, or maybe my spiritual father. Uh, and as he mentioned, he's been in the center, at the heart of this kind of call uh, and trying to grasp it, wrap my head around it the last few years and, and, and walk it out faithfully. Um, it's just been smooth and easy pretty much the whole time. Uh, we've always gotten along perfectly. No relational conflict to speak of. <laughs> uh, but, but honestly, um, three things that Russ has, has always been for me, and I just want to thank you uh, in front of everybody, uh, honest, available, and reliable. Um, and that is something to model ministry after. It's something, those are the three things I kind of set atop of, all right, what do I need to really do when I get here? 
um, who do I really need to be? And so I appreciate everything uh, that you've put up with uh, over the years, because it was quite a bit. Uh, Kevin and, and Kristen, Andy and Sarah, um, first time, like you guys said, I connected with them on the phone. It was like, oh, I need to take this thing seriously. <laughs> like these guys, I mean, I was almost jumping up and down when we hung up uh, the first time. Uh, I love you guys. I, I look up to you, and I'm just humbled, honestly, uh, to, to be able to do kingdom uh, work and ministry uh, beside you. Um, and uh, your wives, I know Beth, you know, seeing that has just made it a, an easy transition. Like, oh, these are, this is a beautiful family, and they're living life, and I can kind of let some of these fears wash away. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, especially grateful, listen to this, isn't this cool, that Kristen and Sarah offered to babysit for free for us anytime we want to. Uh, that is, that's crazy generous. Um, so tonight, if you guys are free, uh, <laughs> Uh, Cross Point staff, y'all know who you are. You guys felt like family from the very first time that we had lunch together. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It's easy to see your hearts for Jesus, and uh, you're a lot of fun, of course. I'm looking forward to working with all of you. And finally, Ryan and Kristen. I mean, why don't y'all stand up again? Could you? Come on, Ryan, stand up. Uh, I just want to reiterate that. I mean, Give it up to them for being such faithful servants, you know, to the, to the gospel for so long. Um, I honor who you guys are in the kingdom. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, I, I honor for all you've done and what you're going to do. I, I believe and I know, and we're in agreement in this, you, like you are called to this area, um, and God is not done with you yet. And so I'm excited to see that play out over these coming years. Um, I honestly don't know and I don't know if you guys know this, if we would be here if it weren't for you two. Um, I really don't know if we could have made that. Uh, mostly Kristen, I guess, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's supposed to be a joke. Um, although, you know, kind of kidding. Um, but you guys have been so open and honest, uh, loving, helpful, encouraging, checking in with us on a regular basis. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we were trying to purchase a house sight unseen, which is a little dicey. Um, especially with the dynamic here. Uh, and so having these guys, which we had only met a couple times, that we just fully trusted. And when they said, hey, th y'all, this is the place. I mean, uh, looking at it, trying to look at it through the phone with, with sketchy Wi-Fi, I was like, babe, if that's what they say, that this is it. And um, I'm just excited to, to be friends and, and to be part of this church family together. Um, uh, I love you guys. I love you guys. Ryan also agreed to mow our grass every week for the first 12 months that we're here. That is awesome, and I appreciate that. That is, that's amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, well, that's it. That's all I got. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not done. I've been waiting this, for this for a while, so we may be here a few hours. I'm watching the clock. I was locked the doors in the back. Um, <laughs> so what I want to talk about, and I just, I want to preface this a little bit, I guess, because as I was reading back through it, I'm like, man, I don't know if this is going to feel a little strong or if I'm like trying to give a condemning word and it's not at all. So I hope you hear my heart in it. Uh, but what I've heard from, uh, 
from my pastors and mentors and a lot of you is that, that you want to hear some about me, to get to know me a little bit. Uh, that would not be my favorite topic of conversation, to be honest, but uh, I'm going to give you a little bit. Uh, so I'll kind of, kind of burn right through this, but I'm hoping that it does give you a little uh, insight into kind of my past and, and some of my passion coming into uh, this position and just in ministry and prayer uh, in general. And so uh, the Lord put this this memory, a very vivid memory, uh, and I feel like kind of walked me back through it uh, the other day, the first day I was sitting in the office, um, and I really felt like he was speaking something there, and just a reminder and encouragement for the stuff that we believe in, the stuff that we stand for, and um, maybe some areas that historically the church can do better. Uh, So I was a kid that grew up in church. Uh, I grew up in church. I loved the church Probably not as much as my mom did, to be honest with you, but uh, my mom really loved church. But I don't have any bad memories, right? I don't have any church hurt in my history, which I know is a very real thing, and, and that's, that's, that's a fortunate thing not to have. Um, we always went to church. I was in youth group. Uh, I sang in the choir. I played bells. I went to summer camps. I was the only guy that had to leave practice uh, every Wednesday to go to confirmation class or whatever else it was. Uh, church was first in my house. And uh, we used to wear these like floor length maroon robes. Any of you guys remember that from your church experience? Hopefully not. There's a couple. <laughs> you had this little like sash thing. I don't even know if that's the name that you had to pull over and, and, and fasten onto this unbelievably itchy robe. I mean, it was almost supernaturally itchy, these robes. It was crazy. Uh, But the specific memory I think the Lord walked me back through is uh, one of our jobs. I hope I don't fall off while I'm up here. Uh, One of our jobs as kids serving in the church, and uh, that was lighting candles on the altar to, to, to start the service. Is anybody like a candle lighter on the altar person? Okay, okay. Hopefully this doesn't bring back any traumatic memories. Um, So that involved walking from the very, very, very back of the sanctuary uh, and and down the two center aisles. So there's there's two candles on the the altar, so two kids in the back. um, And it was was a little interesting the way that uh, our our church took this candle lighting thing because you had to keep your candle lighting partner for the day in, in view, but it had to be out of like your peripherals, right? And so, because if you looked, for some reason, if you looked directly and made eye contact with that person, there are people in the church, in our church, that would get pretty upset. They would get pretty upset about that. Um, but you have to stay in step with that person because if, if one person gets ahead an aisle uh, or a row or, 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 or vice versa, there are also people in our church that would get upset about that. It would, it would be really upsetting to them. Uh, and so we had to have a lot of training for this. Uh, and so you can't stare at each other because then it looks like you're trying to stay even, right? You can't stare at each other, uh, but you got to stay even. You're actually trying to stay together. Uh, so you have to get down this seemingly football field length aisle, right? I mean, it's long, especially to an eight-year-old. Um, and you have to get down there before the song's over, or there is awkward silence in the church. And that is going to upset a certain number of people as well. <laughs> it, it really did. Done it a few times. Uh, but you can't go too fast 
right? You can't go too fast down the aisle because, well, I don't know why actually, but they will get upset. Somebody will get upset about that. It's fascinating science actually to some, which is still fascinating to me to this day. It really is. Um, so as we slowly sashay down the aisles, my wife said, don't say sashay. And I'm like, that's a great word. I don't even know what it means. So uh, we're young kids in, in, in gowns and get-ups that we wouldn't be caught dead in outside of this big old brick building that was our church, right? Uh, we definitely wouldn't. And, and as we go down the aisle, we, we near, alas, the end, the, the front pews. Uh, maybe we've done good so far. Maybe we've messed something up and we're all red-faced, but, but we start to turn right at the aisles. And here's what happens as an eight or nine-year-old kid. Our eyes start to catch each other. We're friends. We go to church all the time, right? Our eyes catch each other. And the hardest thing to do is not smile. Like our, the corner of your mouth, you start to feel it go and you're like, oh, no, no. Because in my church, smiling didn't fly. Like no smiling in church, okay? Um, and that was a mistake I made several times. So trust me, I know that was, a, that was a church stance. It was a mistake we had made also before, pretty similar to clapping. Uh, no clapping in church. If you ever, like somebody gave a good performance or a solo or whatever, and they finish, if some knucklehead is clapping in that church, you're the only one, man. You're the only one. Don't come back next week. So as, as we turn, right, we turn, and holding back any semblance of joy from our face that we might be feeling. And we turn again, just so, and at the same time, tilt this candlestick that must have had five feet of wick in it. I'm telling you, this is like the biggest candlestick. You should use them for 4th of July to light the biggest things. They're enormously big, taller than me half the time, and in a coordinated effort, right? Same time, but don't look like you're trying to do it at the same time, just do it at the same time. There's a lot of likes of this like synchronized swimming routine. And we hopefully and ideally light those candles at the same time, at the same time, without of course looking like we're doing it. And I loved my church. I wanna make that clear. Uh, it felt like another home. I was always comfortable there. I had great friends. There were amazing families. There are pastors that I still remember to this day. I loved my church. Uh, but later in life, I have thought back, right, reflected back on this and wondered how many hours in my childhood did I spend there? Uh, probably hundreds. I would guess in the thousands. I didn't calculate because I would just be adding to that number probably. But for all the time that we spent there practicing bells, wearing gloves, fit for a London tea party to play these big bells, choir practice, church play rehearsals, going over and over and over again, this complicated routine for lighting two fuel-filled enormous candles at the front of the church, right? Reflecting back, I wish that someone had used some of that time. I wish that one of the people that was so bothered by kids smiling or snickering in church I wish one, just one of the folks that would have been offended if we didn't walk down those two center aisles in some ridiculous looking robe. 
would have used even a little bit of that time, focused some of that energy to tell us, to teach us kids about the beauty of the names written on that altar. Right smack dab at the front of the church, it was written there the whole time. Because on that altar, of course, it said Father and it said Son, and if you would believe it, it also said Holy Spirit. It also said Holy Spirit. In gold-fashioned, old English stenciled letters, nonetheless. I sat there sometimes as a kid. I didn't even know what the words meant, but I, I was fascinated. I was like, how long did it take someone to get those letters to look like that? That's amazing. The Holy Spirit, well, who is he? What's he do? And where is he? Where, like, where is he? Is he on the altar? I wish somebody would have stopped telling me so much about how to do church, stopped getting so caught up in what they preferred about how church was done and started telling this hungry kid about the power of the Holy Spirit. Because me, eight-year-old me, who believes in God, who is there all the time, I'm here in this church all the time, who prays every single night, who prays every single night, doesn't even know who the Holy Spirit is. So present day me, especially reflecting back, I don't have much interest in conversations about man-made preferences on how church is done. I have no or that have no power to save, let alone much attention to give to someone trying to go on and on about those weird Holy Spirit churches that make them uncomfortable. I think, oh, which ones? Those guys over there that believe what God says is true, all of it, that he does what he says he's gonna do, that, that believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I mean, you mean to tell me they believe that without the, the Holy Spirit, your God ain't fully God? Is that what you're saying here? That without him, you're missing out on God's power and his promises for your life? Well, I say yes and amen to those weird Holy Spirit churches. Come on, somebody. Because you know what, what I think is weird is spending time, attention, effort, detail, money, life, and breath on man-made traditions and falling well short of teaching, proclaiming, exuding the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news by not, by not fully embracing the Holy Spirit and everything. Let me say again, everything that comes along with him, okay? And so I share this little story with you this morning because I've made a covenant with the Lord as the pastor of this church, that as the pastor of this church, I will know nothing before you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And this Jesus said it was better for him to go because if he didn't go, the Holy Spirit would not come. This Jesus told us that about the Holy Spirit who gives good gifts to men and women. Yes, who will lead us in all truth, who will reveal to us all things, both past, present, and those to come. So not lofty speech, not enticing words, not uptight churchy preferences and itchy full-length robes, but in demonstration of power and the Spirit of God. 
so that our faith does not rest in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. And so I want to ask you, church, I just want to ask you, can we agree today that as partakers, as participants in the body of Christ Jesus as the head, that we will recommit to build upon the foundation that is the rock, that is the rock, the hope that is our salvation, the promise of our God, our Father in heaven that is sealed by the beautiful truth, the reality of the Spirit of God, the presence of his presence as the seal of God's promise made possible by the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. He lives, y'all. He lives. And at the same time, let our preferences of what has no eternal consequence whatsoever go way down, fall way, 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 way down the list of priorities. Pastor Russ, share with us, there are lost people all around us. Can I tell you? Gosh, if we can't get along together in the church, if we are arguing about things that have no relevance whatsoever from an eternal perspective, who's going to come to us for truth? So I share this, and I want to make this point crystal clear. I share this not to bring shame to that church. We have got to stop devouring each other in the body of Christ and give grace to people. That church was doing good things, okay? They, they set a foundation in me that God has continued to build on and honor that church still holds a very special place in my heart. I carry in my Bible this little piece of paper that I wrote my commitment at like eight years old and believe and meant to give my life to Jesus. I found it like five years ago. Uh, I go to that church every time I'm in my hometown, not to go to service, by the way, but to pray over that church, okay? <laughs> okay. I, I didn't mean that as a dig, but I honor. <laughs> Uh, I honor the faithful from that church that served it and served me because they did. And so I don't want you to get me wrong here, but I think that we have to agree that we can do better than that, that we have to do better than that, that this kind of commission, this kind of responsibility requires that that is a necessary fact requires it's necessary, and not by human effort, by the way. Jesus told us that accomplishes nothing. That's not going to do anything. Jesus has told us that apart from me, he says, you can do nothing. And I just want to tell you today that I believe that. I believe that that's true, and I consider it good news. So let's be reminded of it, because when I left that church in my hometown, I was saved. I'm telling you that. I was saved, I have no question about it, but I was also insufficiently equipped to go out into the world that I was heading into. There is no question about that either. And I simply believe, again, to reiterate, our duty is to do better. The eternal implications are too many. They matter too much to avoid what might be deemed weird by someone. Can we be okay with that? instead of the cost of lost salvation to any, to avoid what might make some people uncomfortable, may not match up with their expectations of how a church service should be done at the price of missing the life abundantly that Jesus said he came here to give us. And so I want you to know, maybe most of all today, that I believe in the church. 
I believe in the church. I am committed to the church. I have set my life on it. And I want to remind myself even, and hopefully y'all, that Jesus will build his church. Jesus will build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on. I believe, and these next few are all scriptures, by the way, so if you believe the Bible is true, you also believe this. I believe that the household of God is the church of the living God a pillar and buttress of the truth. I believe that God intends that through the church, his wisdom, listen to this, this is so good, through the church, his wisdom might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Come on, let's proclaim this gospel. It is God's design. I believe that this was his eternal plan realized in Christ Jesus in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. I believe uh, Jesus, Jesus nourishes and cherishes the church. He says so because we are members of his body. And so I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we all agree. And that there be no divisions among us, but that we be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Amen? Amen. Are you guys still with me? Okay. I got a few more things. I just, I, I just want you to know a little bit more of my heart and some things that I believe you all believe, but I want you to know that I believe them. And first and foremost, I want to say that I believe all of this is true. I believe all of this is true. This is the Bible, by the way, uh, that all of this is true. In case you were like, I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, that as Christians, we often contradict ourselves and one another, but that the word of God never does. That I continue to make mistakes, and I believe that most likely all of you in here do as well. But that this, this right here is a place where we can belong, be real, be vulnerable, where we can share our problems and our struggles without risking shame without risking gossip, and that we can grow together. I believe that Jesus came into this world not to condemn it, but to save it. That's what I believe. That the grace of God is much bigger and greater and wider and deeper than any of our minds will ever be able to grasp while we're here. That's what I believe. I believe that God's kindness, that his kindness is what leads to repentance I believe that all have been given a choice, the gift of a choice, because our God is a gentleman. I believe that all have the right to choose God, not some select number of people that have no input during their lifetime to choose him. That's the God that I believe in. I believe that there is nobody, let me repeat, I believe there is nobody that God cannot save, that the blood of Jesus Christ is not powerful enough to forgive. I believe, finally, I believe that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, who was and is and is to come. Come, Lord Jesus. That's what I'm here to say. I believe that there is no other way to heaven than Jesus. It is Jesus and only Jesus. 
I believe that as God's people, we prevail, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And I believe that it is a necessary fact that my testimony requires how wretched I am without a savior. I believe that that is a necessary fact. I believe that I need Jesus more today than I did yesterday, and and I'm gonna need him more tomorrow than I do right here today. And I accept that, that is good news. Jesus says, I came not to call the righteous, I came to call sinners. I came to call sinners, so I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, right? Let's get rid of this shame in our culture. Let's just be proud of who Jesus says we are, the gospel kind of proud. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here that he is present, active, powerful, intentional, always working, still. Everybody say still with me. Still speaking. Come on, somebody. Still speaking to this day. God does not change. I believe that God works all. Come on, say all. This is fun. I believe that God works all things for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Your past is not a place of shame where the light shines becomes Light, those are our power positions for our present walk. It's okay. We got to get rid of this shame. We got to get rid of it. I have to fight against it. I know that most of you do too from time to time. I believe every single person, big and small, black and white, good and bad, has a God-ordained purpose for their life. I believe that, and I believe that we are to help bring it out of others by demonstrating his love while we live, because I believe God is love, right? That Jesus died, yet behold, he is alive forevermore, that the Holy Spirit continues to pour out, will lead us in all things, that Jesus, again, Jesus will build his church, and that we are to make disciples. Jesus will build his church, and that by the way, we love one another, the world will know that we are his. By the way, we love one another. Not your theology, by the way. I believe the devil is real and has a lot of power, and I believe he has no authority to exercise that power over me. I believe that by the power and grace of God, we can fight darkness at every turn. We can bow our knees and pray to God for kingdom come. We can stand and declare hell no. I will believe for miracles, and I just want to know today who is with me on that. Let's know we're seated in heavenly places. Look for the goodness of God in all people. Encourage and love the church. And I believe, y'all, listen, I believe, I truly believe, and I've been praying for, I believe that we will see revival pour out in this place and in these streets And I've come here for nothing less than that. And so let's keep praying. I don't have time for the older people that have seen a revival to tell me, son, you don't want a revival. That's hard. I'm sorry, please, with respect. Don't tell me I don't want revival. I am desperate for it. I shake at night for it. We have to pray for revival to come. Let's see the mighty works of God in our time, in our life.
Quite simply, let's, let's love as we were first loved. Forgive as we have been forgiven and have and hold on to joy as though our hope is actually secure and live as though we will live forever. I just wanna tell you guys, the love that has been poured out from this church is supernatural. It is special. It is felt. I see it. We, we wouldn't be, a, be a, able to make this trip without it. And so, man, lean into your highest quality. You guys love and you love well. I love that, and I'm here to love with you. I just want you to know, yes, I believe in the church, but you have somebody. I'm not asking for accolades or appreciation. You have somebody that is here to fight for you, to stand with you, to defend you. I've been in this church every day, worshiping, praying, declaring the promises, my favorite prayers of God over this place, and I will continue to do so. I wasn't just doing it because I'm nervous for a sermon tomorrow. I was doing it before I had a sermon to speak on Sunday. It is in me, it is who I am, and uh, that's what I'm here to do. That is what I'm here to do. So I just wanna ask, would you guys stand up uh, with me? Just, just pray. We've got a few more things left to do, but, um, and as we, as we get into that, uh, most of you are familiar with this, I'm sure, but it's worth repeating every time. If you could just get into a posture of, re of receiving with your hands open to heaven as you bow your heads. And first, quite honestly, I mean, my first time here, <laughs> I think it would be a mistake if I didn't ask if there's anyone in here that feels like, their relationship with Jesus isn't right today. Or maybe you don't have one at all and you, and you don't wanna go another day. You don't wanna leave this place without knowing that your future is secure, that you do have a savior. Let me tell you something, there is no reason to wait. Jesus says only believe, only believe and you will be healed. That's what Jesus says. Or maybe you long for your relationship to be renewed, restored. I want to remind you again, there is no reason to wait. He has a plan for you. God loves you. You are not too messed up. You don't need to wait until you clean up your act. That's what Jesus does. You don't have to wait. We have all fallen short, y'all. But shame bows at the name of Jesus. Shame bows at his name and you do have a choice. And so if any of that fits your situation, I wanna ask you just right now as a, as a sign of faith, and it does take courage, but just to shoot up your hand, if you do, if you do, does anybody want to renew? Does anybody want to get a relationship? The Bible says that, that the angels in heaven throw a party and rejoice over just one. I'm not looking for numbers. I'm not looking to tell somebody. I'm looking for people to walk out this relationship because it is the abundance that Jesus died to give. Healing is a process, but forgiveness is instantaneous. And when we believe, let's just be reminded, we're washed clean by his blood and become a new creation. So let me just pray over you guys here. Uh, and myself. Lord, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You keep your promises. You do what you say you're going to do. You are faithful. You are patient. You are kind. You show steadfast love to your servants that walk in your ways. 
Everything that you have spoken with your mouth, you have fulfilled. And if it's not done, it is not the end. Let your word be confirmed in this place. The highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this place. Yet have regard for your servants who in this place pray to you. Hear our prayers and forgive. Hear our prayers and grant us victory in the fight against the real enemies. Lord, hear our prayers. When we have not received the provision of heaven, speak your truth. You are not running out of provision. You are not running out of grace. You have not turned your face from this place. You are here, you are present, you are active. Lord, we pour out our heart to you. We pour out our heart to our Savior, Jesus Christ, and say, restore our faith, Lord. Restore the faith of your people. We want to represent you. We want to speak your truth. We need your help. <laughs> we need your help. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Would you pour out in this place? Give us hearts to receive, hearts to receive. Write your truth in our heart, Lord. We are here in your name. We believe that you still heal. We believe that you have the power to do what you want and what you want to do is good. And so today, Lord, I ask that you knit this family, this congregation together in love. Bring us even closer together, Lord. Give us eyes to see and perceive, ears to hear and understand. Let us love each other. Let us love each other. And in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen.